Welcome everyone to the Design 101 podcast. The goal of this podcast is to celebrate all things interior design, lifestyle, and business. Join me each month as I sit down with some of the best minds in the business to open up the conversation and help you on your journey to interior design enlightenment. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Design 101. I'm your host Amanda and today's guest is Joanne Lennart Weary. She is the creative director of the Decorating and Staging Academy, which is a place to help those who have a love for decorating and staging learn more about what they love to do and their passion. DSA was built to help enthusiasts and professionals alike improve their skill set and gain inspiration for all things design. Joanne began teaching DIY classes way back in the 80s, teaching simple design principles and clever home decorating ideas. This practical information that she was providing to her students led her to her professional training today with DSA. It gives her a platform to teach those who are interested in turning their passion into a profit generating business. Love that. Today, her curriculum has expanded from one day decorating to include a number of classes for the decorating and staging industry that is recognized and promoted by a variety of industry associations such as IDS, IRIS, CHF Academy, and much more. Updated annually, Joanne has built an empire teaching others how to decorate and stage homes with visual aids, hands-on exercises, and numerous printed materials. Join me as I sit down with Joanne today and learn more about who she is, DSA, and her passion for teaching design to others. Hello, Joanne. Welcome to the show. Hi. I am delighted to be here, and thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this. Oh, absolutely. I am so excited that you took a little bit of time to sit down with me today. I've got some really great questions lined up for you. And I know that the people listening today are just going to be so excited to have you on. Um, You are from the Decorating uh, and Staging Academy. Tell us, give us, before we get into that, give us a little bit of background about who you are and how you got into interior design. Well, I think my story is probably similar to many. Um, You know, we're all born with some type of genes that makes us a little unique and for me I just have always had the ability to look at a room as a 3D composition you know and and by the time I was 11 my mother's friends were having me come in to rearrange their living room because it just happened to be a strength of mine as I grew older at that time there wasn't a nearby university for me to go and get a design degree. So I kind of had um, decided that that wasn't what I could be when I grew up. So I started a wallpaper and painting company. But while I was on the ladder hanging wallpaper or, or putting paint on a wall, I'd be saying, you know, did you ever think about moving the sofa over there? Or, you know, you really need to bring your drapes up over the window. And And so often, you know, what we do and what we see is just very intuitive. Um, We may not understand why at the beginning, but as time went on, my clients would call me back and say, you weren't that great of a painter, but I loved your ideas. So (laughs) yeah, my beginning clients then created this business. I also had my real estate license at that 
time. And again, it was simply a legal excuse to get into houses. Ah, I like it. I like it. It's, we're, we're crafty creatures when it comes to stuff like that. Absolutely. Feeding that addiction. Yeah, well, and that's really what it is because... I know that uh, I just did it over the weekend. I drove by a house that I absolutely adored, and it happened to be for sale. And I was like, well, I'm going to call it the realtor. I want to I want to scope this out. I want to see what it looks like and get some ideas going. Absolutely. That's great. So how did you, you now have the Staging and Decorating Academy. Give us a little bit of background about how that transpired and how you got into that. Well, the Decorating and Staging Academy really evolved. You know, I was a residential designer in Erie, Pennsylvania for about 20 years. And um, this was before HGTV. The internet was in its infancy. And I decided I needed to give my business a twist to make me stand out in the marketplace. And so I began promoting a one-day decorating service. And this was before we'd heard of redesign or anything like that. I just knew that I personally loved instant gratification, thought my clients would as well. Put up a website and suddenly I started getting requests to come and speak at events. And Truly, when I would go to speak, I'd think, really? You know, what am I doing here? I mean, who do I think I am to be able to stand in front of my peers? But what I found when I started speaking, people were taking notes. And I thought, okay, I'm bringing something to the table. And it was always a practical approach. You know, we have that esoteric approach to the the industry of design and the design process, but it's that practical approach. How do I go from concept to creation? Um, so I then started getting requests for um, classes from both established and aspiring uh, decorators or decorating entrepreneurs, staging entrepreneurs. Uh, and I began teaching under my business name then as One Day Decorating. But I outgrew that fairly quickly. And um, thus was the Decorating and Staging Academy. It certainly told my story and you know what we um, bring, to the, bring to the table. When you started out with the One Day Decorating um did you have any idea that you were going to turn this into such a, I mean, now the, the staging and, and decorating academy is, is huge. Did you, were you balancing the two between being an interior designer and also being uh, basically a teacher? Did you have any idea that it was going to blow up to this level? Absolutely not. And, you know, it probably would not have done so were it not for the power of the internet. You know, the internet has made the world so small and opened doors to so many of us. So, you know, I continued with residential design and thought, oh, okay, I'll, I will teach a little bit. And if I have students and then HGTV was born and there were a number of shows on then that talked about immediate gratification decorating, you know, and they called it redesign. And uh, they were even using the term staging to apply to a decorating process. And so my business just went um, crazy. You know, and the reality was when I first began offering one day decorating, I know many of my um, peers in the industry here in my community said, you know, you're 
you're shorting yourself. You're you're not really using your talents. And the reality was that what I found happened in that very first year, taking an approach to the decorating process that I begin by using what you have and then we move forward from there. My sales doubled within the first year because isn't the reality of every job, we begin by using what they have, what's going to stay. I just was telling the story in a new way. Yeah. So where are you located now? Where do you live? I actually live outside of Erie, Pennsylvania, but I work um, all around the country. Um, I'm in Charlotte about once a month. Um, that's my probably secondary home. And then I teach in satellite locations, um, depending on the demand, um, for a training class. So the classes are available virtually and also in person. Is that correct? Correct. We begin as, um, all live hands-on programs, which I adore to be able to be in the trenches with people. But the reality is that, again, the Internet has made it possible for us to learn from the comfort of our own home at 2 in the morning. Um, and I love that because I've spent the last 15 years on the road as much as at home. And um, so I love seeing this trend towards more on-demand training. So all of our classes will be available in the next few months on-demand. Plus, we do webinars all the time offering continuing ed and supplementary ed um, for people. Yeah, and I love that you update the courses annually. I think that that's something that's really important because I know when I went to school, a lot of the, and I went to school, you know, 13 years ago, but a lot of the practices that we were learning to me felt very outdated. So absolutely, I love that you update that um, annually so that people are really getting fresh information. Because you do travel all over the place and are able to go to other cities outside of Pennsylvania, do you feel that design is pretty universal and the same in the, in the different areas that you go to? Or do you feel that there are different types of approaches to design based on the landscape? When I first began traveling, there definitely was a regional flair to the approach to decorating a home. Again, with the internet, with, um, you know, HGTV and DIY and other channels like that, I oftentimes will find that it, once I'm in a house, I could be in any city America. You know, there are still some nuances that are more um, something that I may see more in the South. In the South, I may still see more symmetry um, as opposed to the Midwest where I may see more asymmetry. But for the most part, you know, I, re I remember, you know, in the early years living in Erie, Pennsylvania, people would say, wait 10 years and it'll get here. But that's really... <laughs> That really isn't the case anymore. You know, uh, our our clients are more so sophisticated. Our um, clients are more educated. They have more at their fingertips. And so they expect the same of us. So um, I think that makes it interesting because you can bring anything to the table anymore and not think, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, so I need to decorate this way. So I, I think it's, it's um, made the world of design much more interesting. So when you're 
teaching your classes, give us a little bit of an idea of the type of courses that you offer and uh, basically from uh, starting a course to taking several of your classes um, from I guess start to finish what does that typically look like for somebody who is signing up for your courses what what do they learn and, and what can they expect well we have a variety of different classes but um, one of our most popular is color with no regrets and color with no regrets is a two-day hands-on program or a six-week online program um, and we spend two days immersed in color lighting the program um, also contains a system that I and Cindy Stefanik, uh, a local decorative painter, uh, the two of us came up with together. And so we take a very systematic approach and actually relate color decks to the color wheel. Um, so by the time you're done with, the, with that class, you're out actually able to create color harmonies uh, by using numbers, it, and it really takes the fear out of the process. Uh, you're still always going to bring the artist's eye to it. It isn't about color by rote, you know, that you do it the same way every time. The artist in you is always foremost, uh, but the numbering system makes it very unique. Then we ha have our, oh, I'm sorry, Amanda. Oh, no, I was just going to say it probably makes it a lot more easier for somebody who doesn't see color the same way as we do. Absolutely. It helps your client. You know, one of the things we begin with is a quick little color profile that you give to your um, clients that eliminates 75% of the colors in a deck in three minutes. And then from that, we add the power word profile to that so that you really are seeing what the client wants to see. I, I think the the best thing that, dec that the Decorating and Staging Academy brings to the table is all of our classes are about practical ways to implement what we're teaching you in the field. Um, so we provide you with tools and forms and systems that you can use that whether you're a beginner or, you know, a degreed ASID designer that's been in the field forever, you're going to have new tools to help you do your job more effectively. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question is, is who is the best candidate to take these classes? So really anybody can. Really anybody. We, we've had a lot of DIYs that simply want to be better at what they do. And they may not be interested in the marketing and business part of our classes, but they sure do love all the other part that we bring to the table. Um, and I have had have classes all the time that I can have a beginning decorator sitting in that class along with, um, you know, a 20-year veteran of the industry. And both of them feel, you know, I've heard the comment all the time, I've learned more practical information in the last three hours than I did in four years of school. Um, because we all know that, you know, as important as that education is, sometimes it's just a little too broad and doesn't arm us with the things that we need to actually approach a client in a um, in the actual setting. It's like, what do I say now? What do I do? And that's part of what you'll learn with us. Yeah, and I think that that's really important as I've done more podcasts and spoken with more interior designers. That's the one complaint that I get over and over again is that many of us have gone to school and like I went to school for four years uh, to get a design degree and I ended up getting a uh, just one semester of business. I got zero marketing 
none whatsoever, mm -hmm. but one semester of business. And it's like, okay, here's your degree, go out and start business, you know, your business and start working with clients. And oh, by the way, you got to try and make money too. Right. <laughs> so they don't really equip you well. So I love that you do have a practical approach that offers the tools that are necessary to be able to do it creatively and feel confident about it, but also run a profitable business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So why is it you also offer courses on staging? Uh, why is it important to stage a home before you sell it? Well, I always liken it to going on Match.com when you first um, get up in the morning. Just like this morning when I called you or sent you a message and said, are we going to be video or are we just audio? And you said, oh, audio only. And I was like, thank you, Lord, because, you know, I wasn't ready to face the world yet this morning. Right. <laughs> um, so it's the same thing with the house. You know, it has to put its best foot forward. And the people living in the house tend to be very forgiving of the flaws and imperfections um, that are in that house. And so anything that dis detracts from the value points in that house, the things that make it worth the money are going to be a negative. The other thing that I think is so fascinating is staging has changed drastically. I mean, I was staging back when interest rates were 17 and 18 percent. So that was a long time ago. I've been in business for 35 years. Um, but at that stage and even today when interest rates are as great as they are, it's critical because it's a very competitive process in buying a house. So you need to create those value points and the memory points in the house. Well, and I think too, it helps, like you and I have the ability to walk into an empty house and whether it's dilapidated, whether it's foreclosed, which we now know that foreclosures are beat all to hell, mm -hmm. um, but we have the ability to walk into a home and we can see a home's potential because we know what we can do to it. We can visualize something to completion, even if it takes us a lot of work to get there. And I think that a lot of homeowners walking into a home, they might not even know where to put a sofa or how a to set absolutely. it up. Absolutely. And one of the things, too, that we do, you know, our, our our business name is The Decorating and Staging Academy, and it's because we always put decorating first. There are many people out there staging that say this isn't decorating, but the bottom line is you need to be armed with great design fundamentals no matter what you are doing because you know that those design fund fundamentals um, – can trigger emotions and reactions in the space. So you better know how to create a, uh, you know, bring a good design eye to the table as well as understand the business of selling a house. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that it, uh, and a lot of uh, real estate agents are now getting into the idea that it's important to stage a home and to set it up properly because especially with the market the way that it is now, it's not like it was even five years ago. So you're right. You do have to be able to put your best foot forward and really showcase it and show it off so that it stands out from the other 10 that those homeowners might be looking at. Absolutely. So what are some of the fundamentals of when you're teaching your classes? You offer many different ones. Tell us a little bit about the, the different classes that you do offer and 
basically is it something where if somebody says okay I really just want to learn a little bit about staging do you have a course that is just for staging or do you also recommend that they take other classes like the color class or a marketing class how, how do you typically help somebody uh, put a package together I think starting with the marketing class no matter what you want to be when you grow up is the, the perfect starting point because if you get a group of people together and they're talking about decorating, it always begins and ends with color. And that's the part that most people are intimidated by. Um, from there, we have our one-day decorating class. And the one-day decora decorating class focuses on you know, the core design fundamentals that you need to know when you approach a space. But we also talk about how to shop retail, how to solve problems um, more quickly, how to bring together a house for someone that is not looking for the full-blown design process. Uh, we then have a home staging class, and of course, the focus is staging. Many of our students take the combination one-day decorating and home staging because then that arms them with those design principles that they need. And uh, we then have the professional interior decorating class. So that goes up to the next level. And in that, we're doing, um, you know, sketching. We're doing concept boards. We're taking the job from the beginning to the end, how to work with vendors. And every one of the classes have a business and marketing uh, module to them because uh, if you're creative more often than not that's going to be your downfall <laughs> amen the right brain does not does not communicate with the left absolutely absolutely and uh, it's so unfortunate because I see talented people go out of business every day because they're not paying attention to uh, the other aspect of it. And the other thing that I think is important with all of our classes is, um, and even if I'm just coaching someone that's never taken a class of mine, it's to teach you how to get out of your own way. I think the one major thing in our industry is we come to the table with our own favorites, our favorite color palette, our favorite look. And then I'll look at someone's portfolio and it's like, oh, well, she likes French country and red, green and gold because I see it in 80% of her jobs. So we teach you ways to get out of your own way and to have an appreciation for the design process, even though it may not be a look that you personally would want to live with. You know, good design is good design, um, whether it's contemporary, traditional or shabby chic, but you need to know those fundamentals that it takes and the building blocks to bring that room um, to fruition. I love that, the building blocks that are necessary to do it. I think that that is definitely a true concept. And you're right, I see that a lot with uh, designers. I think there is a very fine line between having a look like a lot of celebrity designers, say like Vincent mm -hmm. Wolf, he has a look, but he can still approach a space to where each of his, his spaces still have that signature kiss that says, you know, Vincent Wolf, but they're different. So I, I think it's a fine line and, and, and whether you're pushing your own aesthetic versus what the client really wants. Right. And I love that I didn't know that one of your courses, I didn't know that you also help people shop. I think that's another important thing. I think that uh, for me, my bread and butter is the fear of color because people don't know how to choose it and where to shop and how to do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And because really what they hire us for is to narrow the focus. 
Mm. You know, I, I can remember when I started 35 years ago, you know, very early on, and I worked at a Drexel Heritage store um, at that time. You know, it was at that time, Drexel Heritage was even more high end. And um, I remember my first client coming in, I had created six um concept boards for them because I wanted them to know how hard I worked. And thank God there was another designer there who took me under her wing and said, listen, you give them two. And if you're, when <laughs> yeah. you get really good, you give them one. Um, and so often that is the case with my um, clients now. But it is that to be able to handle the process of elimination and narrow the focus for your clients so they can make an informed decision. That's what they're counting on us for. Yeah, it's it's editing down. So the, And I just had that yesterday. I, I met with a client and she's looking at replacing her front door and she had like seven or eight brochures, I think, and she had had at least five of the companies come out to give her quotes on doors and she's like I'm so overwhelmed and confused now that's why I need you she's like I don't know what to do mm -hmm. so she just overwhelmed herself by the amount of decisions and choices that she gave herself and you were probably able to cut to the chase in mere minutes yeah I was able to point to a door and say this is the one you need to go with I've worked with this vendor I know their quality of work I know their installers and this is the style that will work with your home I ended up making a decision in about 10 minutes Right. And right there, too, you nailed it. It is knowing the answer to the question why. You know, it isn't only this is the door you need, but let me tell you why this is the door that you need. So you were able to validate it. And, and to be successful in this industry, that's what you need to know. Not just I feel it or I think it's right. Let me tell you why the sofa belongs here. Let me tell you why this is the perfect color. And when you're armed with that information, it gives you confidence. And it also makes the client feel very comfortable with you. It builds such credibility. Yeah, it's not just because it looks good or it's pretty. It, it, mm -hmm. there's, you want it to be functional and, and work for the lifestyle that they live. Absolutely. So do you still do, you know, after doing research on your company and looking online, I mean, you look exceptionally busy and like you have no time to even sleep, um, <laughs> but do you still do uh, interior design or do you focus just on DSA now? No, I still continue to work with clients. Um, all of our trainers do. I think it's imperative that we know um, what's happening out there in the industry, what our clients are doing, what the trends are, um, and, um, and, and, and just how today's clients might approach a process as opposed to a client of 10 years ago. So, no, I continue to carry a, um, a wonderful... Um, wealth of clients with me and many of them have been with me for 35 years or I'm working with their children or their children's children talk about feeling old when you're working third generation it's like wow but how wonderful I think it also speaks to the possibilities of longevity in this industry yeah, if approached correctly. And I think that's fabulous that you've been able to continue on down the family line. I mean, that's very validating that they feel the confidence in you to want to have you in their home and to decorate it for them as you did for their parents or friends. And I also think the other thing is that's part of being a good designer that even though I'm soon to be 61, um, 
a young client doesn't look at me and say, well, I don't want that old grandma here helping me because I can bring that youthfulness to the table because, well, partially because I have five children. I know what they like um, and can help them. And, but also because I make sure that I stay on top of what is happening there and that I'm open and receptive to new ideas and new approaches. And, I, and again, I think uh, sometimes in our industry, people can get complacent and kind of, you know, just bring out the same look all the time. But the fun of it is the ability to continue to be creative. Well, yeah, and our design uh, this industry, especially now with the internet and with how quickly things are moving, uh, it changes so rapidly. It, I think it's one of the reasons why it's hard for us to design our own homes because we can't make a decision. There's just too many <laughs> options for us. We know Absolutely. The, the trend is constantly changing. Every six months we have market um, and new colors are coming out and new things are coming out and new styles are coming out. And it's like candy land to us. Yes. And, and I think, too, you know, we we just have these, um, you know, I always say it's the bright, shiny object syndrome. It's like, yes. oh, what's that pretty thing? And I tell my husband, I don't know if he considers it fortunate, but really the fact that I'm so easily bored and want to move on to something else. And the fact that I've only been married twice, that means a lot. So I think, you know, I haven't managed to get bored with a men in my life because my um, uh my need colorfully and and through design exactly exactly i don't have time to change husbands i'd rather change somebody's living room for them right and i think that's one of the great things about design is it it truly is a passion it allows us to be creative and um just really every client like the way that i approach it every client that i meet allows me to expand myself as a designer because nobody wants the same things they might like similar things but each one has a different lifestyle and lives differently so you can approach it with different colors and different styles and it's really stimulating and rewarding to be able to do that i think it's almost like a drug to us mm-hmm absolutely so you mentioned earlier that you do have other trainers that also teach the courses. How did you go about choosing uh, the other trainers for uh, DSA? Well, that also evolved. Um, you, my training classes were um, growing rapidly. And I began with Carol Bass, who happens to be from your neck of the woods. Um, She's in the Nashville area. Um, But at the time, Carol took my class and was from um, New Jersey. And we stayed very close after um, she was done with her class. We just connected. She had a strong design background, and she was also entrepreneurial. And about a year later, she approached me and said, you know, I really would love to teach. And she came on board and within the next few years again some of my former students um came to the table and said you know i'd love to do this in florida um we now have um sandra race and sandra is uh, i don't think i could make it through a day without sandra she's in salt lake city utah park city utah and uh, cheryl cousins has been with us from almost the beginning in atlanta we've had a few other trainers who've been wonderful that have gone on to retire or be mommies or 
um, husbands have moved or whatever. So right now there's just four of us, but we also are bringing on a number of adjunct professors over this uh, next year or instructors that will have um, different specialties than maybe we have, like um, textiles, lighting, uh, that type of thing. Great. So do all of the trainers then basically teach the same thing that you do, but they allow people in different areas to take the courses? Is that basically how it's set up? Right. They all teach the redesign and home staging. I'm the only one that teaches color. And Sandra and I are the only two that teach the professional interior decorating class. And I know that this information is on your website, which we'll get to at the end of the show. But if somebody is interested in signing up for one of the classes, um, can they just go online and find the different locations that you have those classes? Or is it typically just in Charlotte? No, we have a, a full calendar on there that shows all the different locations um, that the classes are being held. And we also are always receptive to new locations. You know, if there's a couple of people that say, boy, we would like you to come to, you know, um, Austin, Texas, then let's talk about coming to Austin, Texas. So we're always open to uh, new locations. We've had some people approach us recently about bringing some classes to um, California. So we're going to be um, doing that. So we're always open to new um, locations. And I've even done some training in Dubai and in um, Nigeria. Wow. So um, so it's been very interesting, again, the power of the Internet, and um, you just never know who's reading what we are, but or, or, you know, reading about us or learning about what we do. But the bottom line is, no matter where we live in the world, we all have that innate desire to have a home we can call our own and that we can be proud of. Yeah, and to, to be creative. I mean, I think at the core of it, we're all creative, and everybody says, oh, I'm not creative. I don't have a creative bone in me, but most of us do. Uh huh. They Sometimes just, you just have to push a little harder to find it. Yeah, like I have clients that are doctors or attorneys or dentists or stuff, and and they they all say, "Oh, I don't have you know any creativity whatsoever." But you know, I'm really surprised. I, I have very few clients that don't do design well. It's just more of that editing process and having a professional to be able to turn to and say, "Does this work?" It's just more of that counsel. I always say I'm, a, mm -hmm. I'm like a guidance counselor. Yes. So as far as the classes go, you do offer the in-person classes and online classes. What are the pros and cons of doing a class in person versus taking one in your PJs at 2 a.m.? Well, I don't think there's anything better than to be in the trenches with someone shoulder to shoulder um, hanging art over a fireplace um, or rearranging a room. I mean, you just have the opportunity for things to evolve and happen on the spot that you may not have thought of. Also, we will do incorporate DIY projects in into a class on the fly. You know, we may be working in someone's uh, dining room and say, well, this chandelier has to go, but the client's budget doesn't allow it. So what can we do? So it, it helps you to problem solve. We try very hard to create a similar environment with the online classes by uh, tasking the students with different um, uh, 
exercises that they have to do and returning pictures to us and doing sketches and uh, floor plans and that type of thing. Um, so we try to mimic it as close as possible. But I, I don't care who you are. I mean, I, I if someone's sitting next to me, I'm going to learn how to do a program on the internet more quickly than if I'm taking it online. And that because I'm a visual learner and so many of our students are also visual learners. But I think we're doing a good job of filling that void. Um, the other thing is, too, that we are so one-on-one -on -one that even if we do have a uh, an online student that's saying, I'm, I'm not grasping, it's like, pick up the phone and just call me and let's talk our way through this. So I've had, you know, a few students that started out online and said, nope, I really need to be there, um, and they've ended up shifting to a live class. But we've had even more that have said, okay, this is working for me as well. So we try very hard to give you multiple ways of learning. Yeah, and it really is a tactile and in-person experience uh, type industry, if, if you will, because I think that a lot of what we do is very tactile and um, it, it is very hands-on. So I could see where an in-person class could be very beneficial. Maybe somebody could take a, a couple of classes in person and then once they feel a little bit more comfortable, then do a couple of the webinars. Right, right. And that's why we do so many webinars. One of the things we do is something we call Last Tuesday. Um, the last Tuesday of every month, we hold a free webinar and we tackle for 90 minutes all kinds of topics. And it's just compliments of um, the DSA because just to reinforce what you learned or to help you to say, wait a minute, do I like their teaching style? Um, and our students for something like that range, again, from the DIY to um, the experience. Because the bottom line is in our industry, you're never done working. You're never done learning, I meant. You're never done learning. And um, it, it's always so fun to get someone else's take on a problem, you know. I never would have thought of doing it that way. And boy, that worked really well. So I, I think um, in our industry, it's easy to be very lonely. You know, as an individual designer, um, how we can kind of get caught in our own world. So not only do we have the classes, but we try to create an environment that gets you to um, interact with other people in your industry. Well, and I think that's a great point that you're making because I think, especially as we're coming into this new age, and in the podcast that I did with Barbara Viteri, we talked about this, how interior design has really been a solo environment and very closed off in, um, I think in the last, say, 30 years, it's been taught that you don't share your sources and you don't open up about uh, how you do business and you don't share for fear of... Uh, competition and this right. new breed of design and how we are coming into it especially in the last I would say five to seven years it's all about a sense of community and it's all about helping one another out and really sharing and helping each other because we're starting to realize that each one of us as a designer it, while we are all trying to achieve the same kind of result we all approach it differently absolutely so I Absolutely. think it's great that we're all starting to realize that, you know, it is a much better environment to work as a team and mm -hmm. to, you know, I, I just met with uh, Vicki France in, in Pittsburgh and it was great because she has a commercial background and 
um, especially in the last five years, I've had more of a residential background just because of the economy and how great it was just to compare notes about how we do our business. At the core of it, we were very similar, but she had some great tips that I hadn't even thought of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and I think the same thing for her. So it's great to be able to talk with other designers and see how they do things. And I can even remember because I am, you know, uh, one of the oldie but goodies here is, you know, going to design conferences 25 and 30 years ago. And so often I would go to them and I'd leave feeling even lonelier because it's like, okay, all these people are in the same room. And yet there was very little interaction for that very reason. You know, I can't tell you who my vendor is. It's like, well, I'm in Pennsylvania and you're in North Carolina. What difference does it make? Right. But it, it was amazing how people kept things close to their vest. And I always was like a uh, a brand new puppy. I'm like, want to play? <laughs> want to share? Huh? What do you have? What do you have that I don't have? I'll show you mine if you show me yours. And so for some people, they were like, who is this woman? Um, but I always knew that sense of community was critical for all of us. And I remember, you know, in the first time on the internet, on I was on AOL and I came across a group of decorators and it was a forum. And of course you had to type, you couldn't talk. And I thought, oh, I have found my people. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, because they talked my language and they were beginning that sense of let's share with one another. Yeah, and I think that, and, and that's what Barbara and I were talking about, is this new breed of designer that's coming out is realizing that it does take a village, and we all do it differently. We've all got a different approach, and there is no harm in working together to get a better result than we may have been able to achieve on our own. Correct. Yep, I agree completely. I love that. So... Just uh, from your experience, you've been doing this for a long time. What would you say that are the three mistakes that everyone makes when decorating their home? I think the three mistakes that people make when they decorate their home are um, the fear of color. And so using none or a very quiet palette to avoid making a mistake. Uh, Buying too many smalls. For their home, um, and and part of that also is budget based. I can afford the three by five rug, and um, when I should be buying the eight by ten rug. But the bottom line is, save the money until you can buy the eight by ten rug because it will have much more impact in your space. Um, placement, I think that's probably one of the biggest mistake that people make is they don't really understand how to place things. And, and placement is the most impo- important component from the floor to the um, ceiling. You know, we teach a system called decorating in the zone where we divide a space into the function zone, the power zone, and the skyline zone. So creating that vertical and horizontal balance in there. So many people just say, I have a TV and I have a sofa. And as long as they're lined up, then I'm good. And they they eliminate so many possibilities um, in a room that isn't even about money. It's just about using things in the right way. Right. I agree with that. I, I think that uh, I definitely agree with the smalls. I just did a blog post on this very thing because I started working with a client that had a 
huge living room and huge furniture and bought the little uh, five by eight rug. It looked completely mm-hmm. underscaled and looked poor. Um, and buying just a lot of small things. Um, I think it's more the mentality of, well, these three things are, are cheap and it's going to fill my room and look more decorated rather than, like you said, save the money. So I definitely agree with that. Uh, but I love the idea that you teach um, the, basically the scale and how to approach it appropriately and design it appropriately. Right. And I think that by buying smalls too, it leads to another big problem, which is what I call vignette decorating. Going around the room and creating these little tablescapes or a wallscape or something and standing back and saying, isn't this pretty? But the reality is you need to look up, down, to the right and to the left. You know, how does it connect with the other things in the room? Uh, So there's such a lack of cohesion often. And I even see that in someone who is calling themselves a pro. They may be able to create a great tablescape and that vignette by itself is beautiful, but it doesn't relate to the rest of the room. So finding a way to make what you're doing very cohesive um, so that you have a beautiful package and not a bunch of little um, vignettes just strewn throughout the room. Yeah, I call that the junior high dance. Where you've got like the the boys are on one side, the girls are on the other side, and nobody's mingling. Everybody needs to mingle. Right. Yes. That's an, <laughs> that's an excellent analogy. I, I that's something else I've written on the blog numerous times, but it's I, I always call it the junior high dance. Don't decorate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody is. Uh, interested in say staging their home uh, I always recommend that they at least consult with a professional to get some uh, help in in setting everything up and editing and whatnot but what are some key pieces when staging a home that you feel are important that make or break a space well absolutely um, walkways that um, make it give the illusion of um the space being larger than it is. You know, if I'm not knocking into anything, eliminating anything in the room, incidentals in the room that are under 36 inches, you know, the floor pots, the plants, the whatever, you know, that's just um, floor clutter that doesn't need to be there. Using color, you know, the days of oatmeal staging are gone. Um, you really need to create those memory points um, in the space. I, color is one of the most effective staging tools that you can use. And understanding that when you're using color, create cohesion by using the right levels of saturation together. That's probably the biggest DIY mistake, saturation levels of color. And smalls, if you will, and I'm um, creating a flow and a traffic pattern through there that gives the space the illusion of more um, room. And then adding those surprises, those memory points in the house. Remember the house with. Um, that is critical, and every space needs to have a memory point. I love that. I think that's a great idea. I remember a model home that I went in probably 15 years ago, they used the space under the stairs and had put a British telephone booth in it. And to this day, I still remember it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And those are exactly the kind of things. Remember the house. You know, they say the average buyer looks at a dozen homes before they make that decision. So if you're a DIY or staging your own home, 
What is it about your house that makes you stand out in the crowd? You know, it'd be kind of, again, like um, if you were on The Bachelor and there were 12 blondes all standing there, all the same shape and size with the same length blonde hair. What makes them distinctive? And you need to think about that the same way. Someone's ready to go on a big date and have a relationship with your house. What's going to make it stand out? Awesome. I love that. What is one of your favorite places as an interior designer to shop? Well, if I'm shopping retail, um, home goods has to be at the top of the list. And what I love about home goods is the fact that um, when it's gone, it's gone. Um, so you're not going to have as much of an opportunity to see the same thing over and over and over again. So home goods is definitely one of my favorite places to shop. Um, the off the off the corporate path kind of stores I love, you know, flea markets, secondhand stores, estate sales, consignment shops, uh, things that you can put a spin on and make them a one of a kind type of thing um, are another place that I love to go, another great resource. Um, architectural salvage um, resource places. I don't know if you're watching that new show i think it's on the discovery channel and it's called salvage dogs and watching this architectural salvage that they bring in is fabulous um certainly love um i love ballards i love uh pottery barn um those are two great looks but i think the key is wherever you shop mix it up you know the big thing now is mashups and you need to do the same thing when it comes to your own home. You know, don't make your home pure Pottery Barn or pure Ballards or pure anything because then it'll start to look like everybody else's. So you want to make sure that you have high-end, low-end, um, sentimental things and things purchased from a variety of locations. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that it's really, really great that I remember when I was designing, when the economy was booming seven, eight years ago, I was shopping at Home Goods and Target and Pier One and places like that. And I remember some of my peers, some of my other colleagues in the business kind of being persnickety towards me because I was mm -hmm. shopping at those places. And I love that, uh, especially since the economy has not been as strong the last couple of years, that it has become okay to get really great design from our everyday places to shop. Absolutely. And also taking those items and saying, what could I do to change this a little bit? For example, if you're working with a client that maybe is at a ready-made window treatment time of their life, what can you do to embellish those ready-made so they don't look like they just came out of a package and were hung up on the rod? You know, can you add trims to them, bandings, um, you know, uh, rings where there weren't rings before? What can you do? And again, that's what you bring to the table. And, and those are the things that will make your business grow. You know, when the client says, look what she did with these draperies from Target. So you need to always be looking to say, what can I do to make this, my client's house feel very unique and one of a kind? Yeah, I agree with that. I, just even little things like furniture legs, a lot of times they unscrew and you can change those out. It's the little details that make the biggest difference. Great idea. Yeah, great idea. Be And don't let your fear stop you. I think so often people are like, you know, I kind of want to do this, but 
would that be a dumb idea? You know, what's the worst that can can happen? I mean, I'm breaking things apart and taking them apart and redoing them on a regular basis. And sometimes my students are like, are we allowed to do that? It's like, if it's going to make it better, absolutely. That's what they hired us for. Well, and I think it's safe to say that it's not always going to, you're not always going to hit it out of the park. You are going to make some mistakes and you are going to screw some things up, but that's okay. Yes. Yes. It's perfectly okay if you tear up the drapes to put a band on them and it doesn't quite work out. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> right, right. And you go, okay, well, I'm going back and I'm getting another pair. Now, does that mean that that came out of your pocket? Well, yeah, if you made the mistake. But the bottom line is you just learned something in the process that you can apply to other jobs. So consider that part of your educational process. Yeah. And the draperies, um, customizing uh, off-the-shelf draperies is a great idea. I, I do that a lot because off-the-shelf drapery ready-mades are inexpensive and adding a band or even some color to the bottom there's there's great ways that you can customize them that uh, keep them inexpensive but don't make it look like your neighbor's house mm -hmm. it's a great idea well Joanne we are coming up to an hour here it has been so fantastic talking with you I can't believe how quickly the time has passed if someone is interested in taking one of your courses or has questions or comments and wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, first of all, um, certainly to look at our website, thedecoratingandstagingacademy.com. Uh, feel free to email me, joanne at thedecoratingandstagingacademy.com. But I love and welcome phone calls. Um, do not hesitate. If you want a, a little mini coaching session, you're just looking for some ideas, just pick up the phone and call me because, uh, you know, sometimes it's just so much nicer to get a, a real person on, on the other end of the phone. Of course, if I'm in a class or something, you're going to get a machine, but um, I always tell my students, feel free to call me anytime from 730 on um, uh, Eastern time, uh, because even if I'm teaching from 7.30 to 8.30, I'm usually making that process to class. So it's a great time. The day hasn't um, started yet. So I welcome phone calls at 814-440-3044. Fantastic, Joanne. Well, thank you for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate your time and, and taking the time to educate me on the Decorating and Staging Academy. It was great talking with you. Thank you, Amanda. It was a pleasure. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. When I got into design 15 years ago, I never realized how many facets this industry held, nor did I realize how important good design is to support and uplift us. It's not just to have a pretty home. When you have a great home that's designed well, you live better. You're nurtured. You're well-supported. Joanne's no-nonsense approach to her courses gets you on track for success so that you get the ideal home of your dreams. And she teaches you how to do it yourself. Joanne and her team really teach you practical solutions to overcome the fear of decorating. Isn't that funny to say that we have a fear to decorate? But it's true. Many clients that I meet are terrified to make a decision because it may be the wrong one. From no regret color solutions to fundamental design, Joanne has courses for the DIY enthusiast and she's got hardcore design classes for the pro who's looking to hone her or his skills. 
Everyone deserves a home that brings them joy and really makes them proud. We also deserve a house that we know how to tackle with confidence and love. I want to thank you for listening today. I'm your host, Amanda, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. If you would like more information on the show or have questions or comments, email me at info at abhomeinteriors.com. You can also visit the blog at abhomeinteriors.com forward slash blog. Or find me on Twitter at The Amanda Gates. Bye for now.